This is the Music Halls of Fame podcast. This week, we honor the year 2005, along with a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class of 2005. We also look at the case for putting Missy Elliott into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and our Spotlight Hall of Fame is the Canadian Music Hall of Fame in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Before we get going with the podcast, like everyone tells you, please like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so you'll know when these podcast episodes drop, which is usually every Thursday. Now, on to this week's episode. The year was 2005. In music, soon-to-be country superstar Carrie Underwood won American Idol. The first Guitar Hero video game was released. The live eight charity concerts to help pressure the richest nations in the world to help the poorest nations in the world took place worldwide. Those concerts also featured a reunion of Roger Waters and Pink Floyd. In September of that year, there was a charity telethon to aid victims of Hurricane Katrina. That telethon was the one when Kanye said his now famous line, or infamous, depending on how you're looking at it, quote, George Bush doesn't care about black people. End quote. The year started off with two other charity concerts for relief efforts for the Boxing Day tsunami and earthquake that happened on December 26, 2004. Groups that formed in 2005 include Bridezilla, the band Perry, Five Finger Death Punch, Danity Kane, the Jonas Brothers, Nervo, and Neon Trees. Destiny's Child broke up after a tour in 2005. They would, of course, continuously reunite for some shows Beyonce was doing, like Coachella or the Super Bowl halftime show. Other bands who broke up were Autograph, Blink-182, The Calling, Cooler Kids, The Coors, Dirty Vegas, Eiffel 65, The Eurythmics, Jam and Spoon, The Osborne Brothers, The Postal Service, Rocket from the Crypt, and S-Club 8. A lot of those bands eventually got back together again later on in the decades. Rihanna, Chris Brown, and Panic at the Disco released their debut albums in 2005. The Emancipation of Mimi by Mariah Carey was the biggest-selling album in America. Other top-selling albums in 2005 were from 50 Cent, Kelly Clarkson, Green Day, The Black Eyed Peas, Coldplay, Rascal Flatts, Gwen Stefani, Kanye, and The Game. On the singles front, Mariah had the top single of the year with We Belong Together. Other top singles were by Gwen Stefani with Holla Back Girl, Mario with Let Me Love You, Kelly Clarkson with Since You've Been Gone and Behind These Hazel Eyes, Ciara and Missy Elliott with One Two Step, Kanye and Jamie Foxx with Gold Digger, Green Day with Boulevard of Broken Dreams, 50 Cent and Olivia with Candy Shop, and The Pussycat Dolls and Busta Rhymes with Doncha. In country music, Carrie Underwood had a big year. Other artists who were hot that year were Big and Rich, Kenny Chesney, Brooks and Dunn, Toby Keith, Jason Aldean, Miranda Lambert, Dwight Yoakam, Dierks Bentley, Montgomery Gentry, Leanne Womack, Trace Atkins, and comedian Larry the Cable Guy. 
in hip-hop 2005 was dominated by 50 cent who had hit songs on the albums the documentary the massacre and the get rich or die trying soundtrack eminem ying yang twins ti fat joe kanye trick daddy nelly the game ja rule tony yayo common mia edan missy elliott and lil wayne also had big hits in that year in latin music frankie negron aventura olga tanon la secta all-star panda rake in clubby andy andy luis fonzi jenny rivera juanes grupo montes de durango looney tunes and baby ranks patrulla 81 cheyenne rbd ivy queen wisen and yandel christian castro luis miguel sin bandera tito rojas ricardo arjona daddy yankee thalia grupo mania and ricardo montaner all had a great 2005. in dance music the biggest songs were dominated by the usual remixes of pop and r&b types like mariah carey madonna jennifer lopez and gwen stefani Hit songs by legit dance artists included Cascada's Every Time We Touch, Chemical Brothers' Galvanize, Obsession by Frankie J, Goldfrapp's Ooh La La, and also Number One, Eurasher's Breathe, Body Rockers' I Like the Way You Move, New Order's Crafty, Rupee's Tempted to Touch, Christine W's The Wonder of It All, Delirium's remix of the Sarah McLaughlin classic Silence, and the Postal Service's We Will Become Silhouettes. Tiesto also released his festival mainstay song Adagio for Strings in 2005. Musicians who passed away in 2005 include opera soprano Birgit Nelson, Brazilian singer Aurora Miranda, drummer Mike Botts of Bread, drummer Tony Meehan of The Shadows, musician Ray Bumate, Blues singer R.L. Burnside, singer Luther Vandross, musician Long John Baldry, country music star Chris Ledeau, country music singer Sammy Smith, drummer Spencer Dryden of Jefferson Airplane, opera singer Victoria de Los Angeles, and Jim Capaldi of Traffic. At the Grammy Awards for Music that was released in 2005, U2 won Album of the Year for How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb and also Song of the Year for Sometimes You Can't Make It on Your Own. Green Day won Record of the Year for Boulevard of Broken Dreams and John Legend won Best New Artist. At the Billboard Music Awards, the big winners were 50 Cent, Mariah Carey, Gwen Stefani, and Green Day. At the American Music Awards, Gwen Stefani, Will Smith, Sugarland, and Green Day won big there. The MTV Video Music Awards were held in Miami right around the time that Hurricane Katrina came roaring through Florida before crossing the state, strengthening in the Gulf of Mexico and heading to its eventual date with infamy in New Orleans. At that ceremony, Green Day won Video of the Year for Boulevard of Broken Dreams. At the Eurovision Singing Contest that was held in Kyiv, Ukraine, Greece won for the song My Number One. At the Tony Awards, Spamalot won Best Musical and La Caja Faux won Best Revival of a Musical. The Pulitzer Prize for Music was shared by Stephen Stuckey's Second Concerto for Orchestra, Steve Reich's UR, and Elliot Carter's Dialogues. 
Musically, at the Academy Awards, Brokeback Mountain won Best Film Score, while the 3-6 Mafia won Best Song for It's Hard Out There for a Pimp from the movie Hustle and Flow, becoming the second rap artist to win Best Song after Eminem, who won for the song Lose Yourself for his movie 8 Mile back in 2002. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony was held on March 14, 2005 at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City. The hall inducted Seymour Stein and Frank Barcelona into the Non-Performer Lifetime Achievement Award category. And in the Performers category, the hall inducted Buddy Guy, Percy Sledge, the OJs, the Pretenders, and this next group. Larry Mullen Jr. was born in Dublin, Ireland in 1961. One day in 1976, at the age of 15, his father suggested that he put an ad on the Mount Temple Comprehensive School Bulletin Board that read, quote, Drummer Seeks Musicians to Form Band, end quote. Among the guys who answered that ad were Paul Bono Hewson, David The Edge Evans, and Adam Clayton. No nickname. Go figure. After a few name changes, including Feedback the Hype and switching out some members, the band settled on the name U2. The band released their first album, Boy, in 1980. That album had the hit I Will Follow. Their second album, October, was released in 1981. At this point in America, a couple things happened. The first was that they started to get a reputation for energetic concerts, which led to them getting played on college radio. The second was that their music video for the song Gloria got played on some new TV channel called MTV. Right when MTV was beginning to affect record sales. Although the band wasn't thrilled with the October album because their original ideas were lost in a briefcase during a show to support the Boy album, which meant that they had to rush the recording process during October, U2 was hell-bent on getting their next album right. That album was War. Released in 1982, the group started to flex its social and political muscles with the songs Sunday Bloody Sunday and New Year's Day. At this point, they also started playing bigger stadiums and festivals, including memorable concerts at the Us Festival, where Bono climbed onto the top of the stage rigging, and the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado, which was turned into the live EP Under a Blood Red Sky. In 1984, U2 released The Unforgettable Fire, which had the hit Pride in the Name of Love. By now, U2 was transitioning from college rock band to a stadium act. And in 1985, they played Live Aid, where they did a 12-minute version of their song Bad, during which Bono danced with a member of the audience and is one of the classic performances of Live Aid. Album number five was when they hit superstar status. That album, The Joshua Tree, began their experimentation with American blues, gospel, and folk. The album contained hits I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, With or Without You, Where the Streets Have No Name, and Bullet the Blue Sky. The album won them a number of Grammy Awards, and they followed that album up with the album and concert movie Rattle and Hum. Driven by the song Desire, the album sold 14 million copies worldwide. 
1991, after taking some time away from each other due to band tensions, U2 went electronica for their next album, Octung Baby. That album had The Fly, Zoo Station, Mysterious Ways, and One. The album won them a lot of awards, including a Grammy Award, and spawned a huge tour, the Zoo TV Tour, during which Bono came out on stage as various characters. Their next album, Zootopia, continued the electronica trend. They also did a song for the Batman Forever soundtrack called Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, then did an experimental album with Brian Eno called Original Soundtracks 1. Their next album, Pop, was, by their own admission, one of the worst albums they ever made, although there were still a couple of good songs on it. The band came back strong with All That You Can't Leave Behind with Beautiful Day and Elevation. During the tour to support the album, the September 11th attacks happened. The group played a concert at Madison Square Garden in New York City in October of that year, followed by the halftime show at the Super Bowl, where the names of the victims of the attack were scrolled down on a video screen. After that, U2 released the album How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. That album took home eight Grammy Awards. After that came the albums No Line on the Horizon, Songs of Innocence, and Songs of Experience, which had to be delayed by a year while they rewrote the album to fit the new nationalistic world they found themselves in. While there were no hit songs from the album, the group is still a huge concert draw playing multiple sold-out concerts worldwide. U2 has sold more than 170 million albums and has won the most Grammy Awards of any band. Currently, that number is 22. U2 were presented for induction into the hall by 1999 Hall inductee Bruce Springsteen, who himself was presented for induction into the hall in 1999 by Bono. U2 inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, class of 2005. Before we get to the rest of the podcast, we'd like to tell you about our other podcast, the Music History Today podcast. Every day we tell you what happened on that date in music history along with music releases, birthdays, and passings. So, if you like this podcast and want more music history, then please search the Music History Today podcast in audio or video form on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast from. This week, we're going to look at the case for putting Missy Elliott into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in her first few years of eligibility, which start this year, 2023. To the tale of the tape we go. Missy Elliott has six studio albums. Of those, every single one went top 15 on the Billboard Albums chart, with the lowest going to number 13, one going to number 10, two going to number 3, and two going to number 2. As a solo singles artist, Missy put out 26 of them. Of those, eight went top 40 with five going top 10, and three of those five going top 5. As a featured artist, she was on 54 different singles. Of those, 10 went top 40 with 6 of those going top 10 and 1 of those 6 going to number 2. 
as a guest artist and producer. Missy has been on way too many singles to list here, but by my count, in 25 years, she's been on well in excess of 100 singles. Where Missy excels and is influential, aside from memorable beats and songs like Work It, The Rain, and Get Your Freak On, is that she took the baton from female rappers like Queen Latifah, Moni Love, MC Light, Lil Kim, and Foxy Brown, and ran in another direction by adding producer and remixer to a resume. Even her producing and remixing work hit the top 10 with hits like Son of a Gun with Janet Jackson and Carly Simon and the smash hit version of the LaBelle classic song Lady Marmalade with Pink, Christina Aguilera, Maya, and Foxy Brown. Her innovative music videos with video directors Hype Williams and Dave Myers also set the trend during the 1990s and 2000s. In short, she dominated in fields that were the domain of men for the absolute longest time. Does any of this mean that she'll get inducted as a performer in the next five years? Maybe. Her commercial success and influence justifies it. However, the Hall has yet to put any females into the Hall in any category concerning hip-hop, even though you could make a case for Queen Latifah, but that story is for another day. Perhaps the Hall will see fit to put her in another category if they don't want to put her in as a performer, much like they did with LL Cool J and Judas Priest. Any way you slice it, though, Missy Elliott deserves to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In America, the main lobby group for the recording industry and the one who gives out the Grammy Awards is the Recording Academy. Its Canadian equivalent is the Canadian Academy for the Recording Arts and Sciences. Their version of the Grammys are the Juno Awards. In 1978, the Canadian Academy started inducting groups into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. The Physical Hall was opened in 2016 as a part of the National Music Center on Level 5 of Studio Bell on 850 4th Street Southeast in Calgary, Alberta. The center is open Thursday to Sunday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Price of admission is to pay what you can. As with everything these days, of course, check with their website for COVID restriction information and adjusted hours. StudioBell.ca is its website. Unlike the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which normally has six or more artists inducted every year, depending on various category committees, the Canadian Hall usually only inducts one group into its hall per year. In fact, it's only inducted more than one artist per year six times since 1978. There are some artists, though, who have shamefully not been inducted. So this week, I thought we would make a case for putting an artist in. This artist is probably the biggest Hall of Fame snub anywhere. And there is simply no good reason why she isn't in already. In fact, once I say her name, you're going to be surprised, like I was, that she isn't in the Canadian Music Hall of Fame already. Celine Dion. 
was born near Montreal, Canada, and started out as a child singer who sang French music. At the age of 12, her brother sent a recording of her singing to manager René Angelil. At the age of 15, she made her first French album, which did very well. She then competed in the 1982 Yamaha World Popular Song Festival in Tokyo, Japan, and got top prize. A year later, she was the first Canadian artist to get a gold record in France. She spent the rest of the 1980s making hit records in French. And then she saw Michael Jackson perform and realized that she wanted to be world famous. And in order to do that, she needed to learn English. In 1990, she released her debut English-speaking album, Unison, which had the hits If There Was Any Other Way, The Last to Know, and Where Does My Heart Beat Now, which became her first top ten hit in America. She also ended up duetting with Peebo Bryson on the theme song for the movie Beauty and the Beast, which gave her international stardom. The rest of the 1990s were spent getting hit after hit in the adult contemporary market and recording in French as well. After her 1996 chart-topping album, Falling Into You, Celine went into the studio to record her follow-up, Let's Talk About Love. On the record were songs with Barbara Streisand, Luciano Pavarotti, the Bee Gees, Corey Hart, Carole King, and more. She released four singles off the album within four months of each other. The first single, Tell Him, was released on Halloween of 1997, with the album coming out two weeks later. Four weeks after the album came out, she released Be The Man. Almost three weeks after that, she released The Reason. She released the fourth single only three days after releasing The Reason. The fourth single has a bit of a backstory. At that time, there was a movie being made about a ship that sank. Kind of a famous ship, actually. The movie at the time was the most expensive movie ever made with initial budget costs of around $250 million, which was a lot of money back in 1997. The movie was supposed to be released as a summer blockbuster in 1997, but it got pushed back until winter so that director James Cameron could do some more work on the movie. As it turns out, that move was extremely advantageous for the movie. If it had come out in the summer, it would have come up against other big blockbuster movies, but as a winter release, it had the movie landscape practically all to itself blockbuster-wise. Film composer James Horner gave the song an instrumental theme throughout the movie. Then he decided he wanted an actual theme song to run with the credits. Cameron wasn't thrilled with the idea, actually. Turns out, neither was Celine, who didn't want to be known as the soundtrack go-to woman after the success of Beauty and the Beast. Both actually had to be convinced, but convinced they eventually were. The key to Celine's album, as it turns out, was that song, My Heart Will Go On. Celine had it on her album before it ended up on the soundtrack, so people who loved the song ran out and got her album. The movie about the sinking ship, Titanic, of course, 
ended up becoming a huge hit. In fact, it made megastars out of everyone associated with the album and the movie. Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet, and Billy Zane became big stars. James Cameron, who was already a bankable director after hits Aliens and The Terminator, ended up with the biggest movie ever made at that time and held that record for a decade, until another one of his movies, Avatar, took the top spot, which is now occupied by Avengers Endgame, at the moment at least. As for Celine... The song was nominated for a bunch of awards and won an Academy Award for Best Song, while the James Horner Film Score won the Oscar for Best Film Score. The album, Let's Talk About Love, went on to sell 31 million records worldwide, 10 million of those certified in America alone. In the 2000s, Celine shifted gears slightly and worked on her touring game. She was one of the first artists in the 21st century to do a residency in Las Vegas. While she put out a few more studio albums in the past 20-some-odd years now, she's been mainly touring and taking time off to raise her family. Unfortunately, within the span of one year, Celine lost two loves of her life to cancer, her husband and her brother. Still, through it all, she's persevered. Celine has sold hundreds of millions of records, has influenced tons of singers, is considered one of the most respected and admired singers of the past 40 years, except by Rolling Stone magazine, who, for whatever reason, didn't put her onto the top 200 greatest singers of all times list. Really, Rolling Stone? And yet, she's not in the Canadian Music Hall of Fame? How is this even possible? I doubt that they'll do it soon, but if they want to be seen as a respected Hall of Fame, then they need to put one of their biggest exports in there. Celine Dion, who has yet to be inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, but absolutely deserves to be put in there. And that is it for this episode of the Music Halls of Fame podcast. For more podcast episodes, which drop every Thursday in audio and video form, then please like, subscribe, and click the notification bell on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, CastBox, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs>